Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this because this shit has come up in so many different aspects of me and this nigga Blake Life. We was watching. Is it Spies in Disguise? Spies in Mississippi. Spies in Mississippi. Is it Spies in Disguise or Spies in Mississippi? Spies I don't know why. in Mississippi. I don't know why I said Spies in no. That is a cartoon movie, actually. That's so sick. <laughs> That's where this nigga mind at. <laughs> it's the movie where Will Smith turns into a pigeon. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Spies in Disguise. Like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we was watching. So we watched Spies in Mississippi, which was. About the State Sovereignty Commission. Yeah, which is pre Pro. It was around the same time, right? Kind of like a precursor. I this would was, say. Did COINTELPRO pop off during the Civil Rights Movement or it popped off yeah. during. Yeah, okay. So it was always get like that timeline kind of fucked up. I, I automatically associate COINTELPRO with the Panthers, but Malcolm and them niggas was under surveillance right. via COINTELPRO. Martin. Yeah. Um, so it was just talking about like some shit that was going on in Mississippi and how the government was just getting involved with trying to suppress the fucking radical movement that was going on out there and radical in, in the sense of like niggas trying to get voting rights right like, where like this would, is the most quote unquote docile <laughs> niggas yeah, you feel me yeah. like the NAACP type niggas yeah, like the voting like, rights type niggas niggas who was trying to integrate into college type niggas that's like the main shit it was about the spies yeah. on Mississippi shit yeah so that's how we got onto like and they talk, was framing niggas and shit like they that they was doxing was, niggas they would fucking send fucking you feel me agents to these churches where people was meeting to have the voting meetings and like get these niggas license plate numbers and then publish them in the newspaper. I mean, shit, you gotta remember though, Hoover, the first, and I, and I was talking about this not that long ago, but the first black agent of the FBI was sent to fucking monitor um, Marcus Garvey. Yeah. And to monitor his movements. So even when you say, oh man, COINTELPRO um, became exposed more so around that Black Panther Party. So it's kind of, it seems centric to that, but the work of, which is why people need to stop thinking that COINTELPRO had a time period, right? Because the work of COINTELPRO was happening before, before the COINTELPRO and still. even existed. Right. And <laughs> also, and, and this is just on some whole other shit, it's like, I need some folks, particularly black folks, though, to understand that if it weren't for some white radicals busting in that motherfucker and, and liberating those documents, we wouldn't even know COINTELPRO existed. Right. To this day. To this day. Like that was some shit that that was hidden away and some white folks broke into their shit, got the documents and released it to the world. So when we so and I usually say this to white folks because they always want to throw words out like allyship and I'm like okay we'll be a comrade and do some shit put some work in that leads to some real sustainable Material changes change right to where niggas yeah. can adjust the way that they move now because right. niggas move a whole lot differently knowing that state surveillance is there right some niggas do yeah some some don't <laughs> yeah. right because they are part of the apparatus too though or don't mind being a part of it even if they don't even get nothing from it. You know what I'm saying? Like these niggas is being agents without even getting a check. Yeah. That's how sick that shit is. Yeah. And I mean, they said it in the spies movie, like niggas was signing up. Like, bro, one that, of the was, niggas, that was the wild What part, was that bro. nigga? You got it in your phone, I think, like Jay something ball. That nigga was like, he signed up. Like, nigga, I heard about what y'all doing. I want in. Nigga, like. B.L. Bell, he wrote a letter to ask the governor to be an informant. Like, like, yes, Massa. I write this letter to you, Massa. From Boondocks. Uncle Ruckus. Yeah, some Uncle Ruckus shit. You know what I'm saying? Like all these niggas. All these niggas sucking up the white man's out. That's exactly how that That's what niggas be old, though. Boy, this nigga really wrote a letter to the governor. But it's one of those things where we also... This shit funny now, but it's like, bro, that sick. At that time, somebody might have lost their life over that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody... sure. 
So it, but but and niggas like whoever he was was Billy Bell or whatever the fuck his name was is the same. He might be the great great grandson of the motherfucker that snitched on Denmark Vesey when he was doing his uprising. Like all this, these things aren't new. Like niggas that don't fuck with black revolution and rebellion are not new, and they will never be new because they've always been. Because at some point, and we have to start to, instead of looking at things, periodizing things to where we see it as, oh, see, this is happening now. It's like, no, this is a continuum. This is a continuation of something that's always been happening. And we have to frame it a, a, and frame it properly so that we can see like, okay, we're fighting against something that is perpetual. Literally, like just having that frame of mind of like, like nigga, this is something that's been around, is going to continue to be around. So we have to move accordingly. Because if you act like it's a new problem, then you won't be able to even look back and see how the niggas that came before us maneuvered through the shit. No, and you don't see where you fit in the history. Yeah. You think you knew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think you did something brand new by doing this thing. And it's like, you're actually isolating yourself from a legacy and a history of knowledge and a wealth of knowledge that you can fucking learn from. Cause you niggas about to make the same mistake them niggas made in the eighties in the seventies in the sixties in the fifties. And like at some point you got to learn from, I mean, that's one of the points of learning history. It's not just to be scholarly and citational. For most of these niggas forward. it is. It's to move forward and how to, how to wiggle the right way. Niggas like to read so they can regurgitate. Yeah, see, not, not to lead to a shift, not to, to, to lead to a shift in action. Niggas no, don't. If if you're if your if your goal is to look like someone who was about that shit, then there's ways of doing that. But if your goal is to actually move forward, you have to um you it it would behoove you to study history. It would behoove you to be intergenerational in your movement and so that you can talk to the elders and they can give you the game, even though the, the terminologies may be different. Right. They might not be able to say it the way you say it or, oh, you wasn't around when we had this. And this is more so for the younger folk reaching back and talking to the older folk. But it's like, yeah, but the same white supremacism exists. It's the same fight. The same thing. It's the same fight. And you may assume that we didn't fight the way you fight, but you are assuming that because you have learned history from the vantage point of the oppressor about how the oppressed responded to the oppression. And when you do that, you a dumbass nigga. And when you a dumbass nigga, you accept what the oppressor has decided is the way in which you should move, yep. the way in which you should frame, the way in which you should support, the way in which you should jettison those who are black or comrades of black folks who are actually trying to do the work for liberation and a lot of folks take the ideas of liberation and fold them into assimilation and rebrand them as if they are doing something to move the black agenda forward when in actuality you are just a part of reforming the white supremacist apparatus to keep us in a space of docility oppression and backwardsness and so when we get to Jousting with them folks is difficult because they also have the support of the system backing their form of black liberation, right? When it's, black liberalism. <laughs> right. So their black liberation, liberation is the black liberalism. Yeah. When, and it's simple. Like, what's one reason I love Malcolm so much? He described America so pinpoint accurately that in, in all facets of he didn't he wasn't picking sides he was like this is america period both sides y'all both with the fuck shit and 
if you can just look back and if black folks would move in that manner, they would start to see that the politics that they're embracing are, are actually to their detriment. And this is why, like, I feel like this conversation is always timely. But as we come up upon like elections, as we look at what's happening right now as a result of the uprisings, right, with fucking the co-opting of language, the co-opting of movements, you see what's happening with the NBA. You got the Black Lives Matter all on the court. You got the messages on all on the back of the jersey. And it's like if y'all don't know the history of co-optation, co-optation with with the intentions, pro, right? you feel me and with the like you said with the intentions of framing things that looks like pro, to, to make it seem like progress is really there or taking it and playing the, or taking these messagings taking these situations and using it to the state advantage to, to give the facade of liberation for black folks if you're not aware of that come on you're gonna fall victim to this shit time and time again and it's like that's why this is the perfect time to be talking about this shit election season right upon us all this shit with the uprisings is happening the niggas are like acting like we are on the verge of liberation through yeah. white supremacist structures. <laughs> Come on, my nigga. This shit is, is, it's sad, it's nuts, but it's the same shit niggas been going through. You feel For me? generations. Come on. And that's the sick shit about it. It's like, this shit ain't fucking new. <laughs> no, it's not new. And unfortunately, when my kids are older, when a boss is older, he's gonna deal with it too. Like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here in front like this shit will be over. Like something that's been going on since before America was actually officially known as America. Right. We're talking about colonies and shit. Yeah. Like what Christopher Columbus called that shit. Pull me the rock or something. Fuck. I can't remember. My bad. (laughs) If we're talking about something like even though it was not described as anti-blackness. Right. But what it is as a function in our society has always been. I'm, I'm not going to um, sip the Obama hope Kool-Aid, you know what I'm saying, and be like, yo, this shit is about to be over right now because there's a black person in a position to give the face of progress while upholding the thing that prevents us from even fucking thriving in a normal fashion, right? If we're looking at an idea of progress. While we were talking about progress in America because we had a black president, and, and aesthetically, I understand that. I understand that shit wholeheartedly. At the same time, the black median income was $25,000 a household while the white was 160. Nigga, that ain't progress. Nigga, that's oppression. Because $25,000 can't get you nothing. And when you start thinking about what that means as we have a black president, right? When we start thinking about the amounts of police terrorism that's taking place around the country and the amount of people throughout the world who are recognizing anti-black police terrorism as a real thing, and now we're vaulting in a position where um, Kamala Harris is seen as hope. She's literally using the same campaign strategy as Obama, <laughs> I mean, weaponizing her blackness, saying I went to a HBCU, saying I'm an AKA, saying she's from Oakland, and announcing her little you know candidacy and Oscar Grand Plaza when she has a history of being a police officer. But she's using that; she's weaponizing everything. I mean, the the problem I have is this, and I understand it. I understand people's want to see themselves in positions of power. At what cost? At what cost? 
And at what point are you willing to be honest about it? Like how much fucking airbrushing are you going to do to a person's actual political self in order to make yourself feel validated that somebody that somewhat looks like you is in a position of power? And then you have to decide, well, what does power look like from an American governmental perspective? And if the power is historically used to oppress us, then what good is us being in power if we're just going to uphold a system of that has been oppressive to black and brown folks domestically and internationally? Right. So at some point we have to get out of we have to look past feeling like representation in spaces are the equivalency of liberation and freedom or actual power. Because if a whole ass black president didn't do shit for us, if a whole ass, like if we're really trying to put these things in conversation at the end of the day, when we think about Oscar Grant, when we think about uh, Mike Brown and so on, like a lot of this shit happened under Obama's watch. So if your fight is against police terrorism, then you may, I can understand if somebody's fight is for assimilation, then you may say, look, this is this track. But if your fight is against things like police terrorism and the, the abolishment of police and prisons, you can't be quote unquote excited about somebody coming in who's going to uphold the systems in which we have seen so many of our family members, literally family members, lose their fucking lives in. We can't be excited about the upholding and reforming of institutions that continue to perpetuate social death for black folks, right? Because even in that, you got your family in the pen, but they move that nigga three, four hours away and they expect you to be there because they're moving them from black communities, black and brown communities, poor communities, and they move into these rural white communities three hours away, Bakersfield, Fresno, all that shit. And you in Richmond, they say, nigga, you got to be here by eight o'clock in order to see your family member. Well, that means you got to leave at about three thirty, four o'clock and get that shit together. And you got to make sure you got quarters because you can't spend regular money in there. You got to make sure you got like... The amount of fucking gymnastics that you have to go through to drive to somebody else's community, to see somebody you love, only sometimes to have them turn you away because you wore the wrong pants or you got wire in your bra or just some shit or just the fact that they, they put you through all of that to see somebody you love. That is a form of, they are alive, but they are socially dead. And you gotta kinda socially kill them, unfortunately, in your own fucking family in order for you to be alive at home because you missing this motherfucker so much. And in order for you to be quote unquote normal, you gotta be like, you know what? I can't accept every collect call because I don't have the bread to do that because I'm a part of this $25,000 a year median income group. And this, this motherfucker is hitting me for $200 a month on collect calls. I have to turn away from my own loved one, not because I don't want to talk to them. God, I can't afford to. I can't afford to talk to somebody I love that needs me just to hear my voice so they can get an update on what's going on in the family. Then all of a sudden, them niggas start getting cell phones in prison, which if they get caught with them, which they going to get caught with them because the police is the one bringing the motherfuckers into the prison in the first place. And they're the ones that when they shake down them fucking rooms, they take them from them, they penalize them, and they go sell it in another fucking block. They, they, they sell the nigga the phone 
take it from him, penalize him for it. He get more time, and they go sell it to a nigga in A block because they do the took, same thing over and over again. The same shit over and over again. Thing is, niggas don't see that direct connection between that president and what's going on on the grounds in the yeah. communities. Niggas don't see the connection. And I think a lot of people don't understand how, like, yeah, it's about surveillance, but it's also about destroying a fucking movement. Right. Right. So it's like in this time we're in right now when people are talking about defund the police, get rid of the police, and then you put a black person whose whole career was a cop at this top of the power structure, you have some of these same niggas who are saying defund the police. Attorney general. <laughs> Become like, okay, yeah, vote for Kamala. Vote for Biden. So how are you, how are you going <laughs> to... Well, these are the architects of mass incarceration. Joe, Joe Biden and then, you know, Kamala's a foot soldier. Well, right? the, and people don't see that as a... As a the government doing its job. Well, you feel me? Mean? The government doing its job to destroy a movement. I mean, a part of the problem is that we then do like other groups and we got to be consistent with our energy. Like we do the work that other people do. It's like, well, I, well, that's different because that person had to do that to fulfill that job. Like that's what that job does. It's like, right. Okay. With that being said, then you must understand that just because you put a nigga in that position don't mean they're not going to do their fucking job. That job right. going to do what it's designed that to do. That job is going to do what it's designed to do, whether you put whoever you put in there. Put a monkey in that motherfucker. You it's can put, do, it's gonna do what it's put do. a triracial amputee, all that, all that, all that. They can be the most jettison other group in the country and if they in a position to do a job they gonna do the job and so when you have when you understand what the position does it doesn't matter who is in the position for real like if if you go if, if there's a, a job <laughs> to be done it's gonna get done and i think that's a part of the point is like it is it's somewhat laughable when you understand, like, yo, it doesn't matter. How the matter. fucking system work? It don't yeah, matter the system, who the fuck. Who, it don't matter who you put in there. It doesn't matter who you put in there. It, it, the system is designed to work the way it works. And the sooner we understand that, the sooner we can work towards, okay, the dismantling of the thing that keeps us in positions of oppression. I mean, a lot of people always talk about Cohen to a pro, but can you give a, a definition of what it is and what it has done historically um, to black liberation movements. I mean, I'm not going to try to give a, 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 a I, here, here's what I won't do. I won't try to give a definition to something that I know they haven't fully defined for us. Right. Um, what I can say is that it works in multiple ways that even we do not understand to subvert and destroy black liberation movements, black individuals, um, comrades of black folks who are trying to help us in a cause of liberation. Um, and it's not something that can be boxed into a period of time because again, if let's say Newport's, let's say cigarettes go out. Oh man, ain't might nobody smoking. Newport remember like, yeah, you, you might not be fucking with my Newports, my menthols, but my vape pen that I got under this under name, y'all fucking with that. So I'm still rolling. I still got you putting something in your mouth to smoke and you're addicted to. So my work is still being done. I just want you to do what I need you to do and I can profit from it and I can win off of it. So I think that the thing to just one of the most important things is to understand that Cointel Pro as a function to infiltrate, destroy, 
and um, destabilize black movements and black folks who are even thinking about being on the cusp of being movement folk. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, that's how cultural hegemony works. It doesn't always have to be this thing that is brutal, right? It doesn't have to be like, oh, man, they got locked the, you up. And yeah, you know, it's like pulled you, you over, you, you know, you, beat you your catch ass a nigga, type shit. You catch a nigga on it when he coming yeah. up and be like, yo, you know what? That's a great idea that you have. You, let's fold you into this center over here where we can take your idea and we can actually maximize it and we can, you know, nurture it and did it. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're on the fucking, you know, campaign for some politician that is actually in politics to destroy the thing that you came in thinking you was going to do in the first place. But yet you have status now and you built a life around it. And you it's built not, a brand. You, you built your bag. brand. You built your, but you, but now all of a sudden it's like, damn, man, if I, if I buck what I, what I'm in now, man, I'm making six figures. You know, I got a family to look after. Now they didn't got you. They didn't got you. It's like, nigga, you in now. So you part of the club, you part of the shit and you don't want to give up. And so now all of a sudden you start your making excuses status, for your yourself. Social status, and like and now you start weaponizing your identity to commit fucking terrorism against the black community. And you say, no, this is a part of change. At least, at least I'm in it. And at least I'm a black man and, they, and I'm they, in it now. They ostracize you from the community that you was desired, that you came into the work with the desire to help and liberate. Yeah. Right now it's like, well, nigga, you attached to these people that we don't fuck with. Like, think about how many of the niggas that we saw canvassing for Bernie, canvassing for Harris, canvassing for Biden, and, like, after this shit go down, they're going to be trying to come back, and it's like, nigga. How can you welcome the niggas back in the door when you was a revolutionary and and you was just now on Biden's campaign and you was on, you know, Bernie's campaign, but you grew up as a quote-unquote grassroots I mean, but like niggas, a lot of niggas do get manipulated, like Lefty said. that's That's part of the shit, especially from niggas coming out of college. So, oh, hey. You is trying to do this activism, and what do you do? You either go into a nonprofit or you go into politics, right? And, and, that a, kind of and is, that's a part of the thing is that, and I think it needs to be more nuanced than just, oh, it's a turncoat ass nigga. He just, yeah. it's like, man, man this, this system ain't that simple. Like, it's some actual good people that get steered away, get caught up in the shit, and don't even know they doing the work. I mean, you know we, what had I'm a, saying? we had a situation like that. Yesterday, two days ago, where OG was like, like stopping us, like basically was canvassing for for Biden. And I really like, even you just saying, like in our mind, we like, man, fuck the sellout ass nigga. But he, in his mind, he truly believes that freedom will come through the hands of these niggas. But something that you said early on around, like we only know what we know about yeah. COINTELPRO, right? Especially that that's something I think that's that, really important to that talk shit about. Just like, especially I'm when like, you can't give a definition because how are you supposed to give a definition we don't even know what the fuck exactly is going bro, on because all that is out right now is somewhat what the government let us have. These niggas are so stolen. vile. <laughs> when you think about what they did to capture and enslave and rape and pillage this land, that can when you put that at the base of your thinking around what these niggas will do, what they did to create the system that you can't even imagine. Well, we know we we know about the sanctions in the Middle East, like nigga, you don't you can't begin to imagine what they would do to uphold this shit. They put four hundred plus years into creating this shit. I can't I couldn't imagine what they're gonna do to sustain it. I mean, the Black Power movement was the biggest enemy. The Black Panther Party was the biggest enemy to the state. Them niggas put <laughs> crack in this motherfucker. Like they were, they will wipe out generations of people. Well, it's all to preserve the union, right? That's the goal. Like, I need to keep this motherfucker cracking. And 
if if your goal is to keep it cracking and those who are a part of that system, then they're willing to excuse a lot of shit in order to extinguish anyone who is seen as an enemy of keeping the ball rolling. So, again, there there are some people who will. And I'm and I'm and I'm not saying that there are people who really like have done their whole life. Like one of the good things about um, having a doctorate and all that shit is I'm I'm one of the quickest motherfuckers to say I don't know everything because I know somebody who really studied this one thing for for the last ten years or did this work oh, for, for, for the past twenty yeah, years. Yeah, like this is all they do. But what I will say is this: I understand what I don't know, but I also am really leery of folks who claim they know everything about something that they have no access to. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you there's a no there, special access access. No, that, no nothing that, different than we got. Nothing different than, than than what we got. Yeah, and like the whole identity extremist thing that was circulating, maybe like the, the black the, identity extremist. Yeah, the black yeah. identity extremist situation. The way it was framed, it was like Cointel Pro and then black identity extremists. It's like you don't think in that middle they was wasn't doing something. Like you think that shit just pick back up from niggas act like COINTELPRO Pro disappeared when the Panthers was destroyed by COINTELPRO. Pro. Nigga COINTELPRO Pro came out in the FBI and the CIA and the United States government came out victorious. What the fuck you think they did? Just stopped? All right. Nah, nigga, they <laughs> Take, wanna, taking my hat off, you feel me? We are done we're done now because we don't gotta deal to with make these sure black radicals. Like that can no never start again. And they, what happened <laughs> what they put in the community? I mean what, what I mean, crack even cocaine, even right? and even when we look at it from that perspective, yeah, they put crack in the community, but they also put high fructose corn syrup in the community. Like they put things in our bodies that fuck us up. Environmental and, racism, and we don't have it. Like food deserts are not by design; they are by design, right? Access to like the fact that I was a little nigga in Richmond that thought Tampico and orange juice was the same thing is a part is is a, is a part of a plan. I had no clue literally. I had no clue. <laughs> Sunny Delight and Tampico wasn't orange juice cuz that's what tang. I had access to tang and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, see, I'm a powdered milk nigga though. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's the way I grew up and it was normal. I didn't know certain things. And when I, something is it may seem like something little, but to this day, I won't eat peas or certain vegetables because I was only had access to those who was in cans and it was nasty as fuck and as I grew up I was conditioned to not as an adult I had to fight to eat healthy because I was raised eating what was quote unquote healthy and it was nasty it didn't taste good it tastes like a fucking can and whatever that shit is is sitting in that make it a dark green when it should be vibrant yeah so I had to fight I had to fight my upbringing to want better for my body and that's just fucking food. All this education, politics, economics, family structure, all of those other things, there's work being done against us in that way as well. So even if we're looking at COINTELPRO as something that came after the Black Panther Party and Malcolm X and Marcus Garvey, yes, but it is also to disrupt the entirety of blackness. So that means we all victims of that shit. We don't have to be high profile. They were just the people who they saw as black messiah figures to be able to galvanize these groups. But we are still like we, too, are political prisoners, even though we free because we are a prisoner of the politics that keep us oppressed. We don't have to be. Now, that's not to say that there isn't a, 
a specific distinction for political prisoners, but the politics that are keeping us in prison in these hoods and shit and keeping us with no access to proper education that keep us in spaces where we don't have anything. It is a political process and we are prisoners in oppressed spaces. Like we are living in open air prison spaces because it, just like the warden or I mean the fucking um, the, the guards in the prison, they circle that motherfucker and cling on your fucking your cage and shit. The motherfuckers drive around our hood. They turn their lights on, just quick enough, just so you like, hey nigga, I'm here, nigga, I'm in your community right now, nigga. Don't do nothing. They'll just park a fucking police. That that's some gangster shit. They'll just park a police car, just like nigga, you ain't the police ain't even in the car. They'll park it there, just so you can know, nigga, we here, we are watching you. And even if I'm not in the car, the symbol of violence that my car represents be enough to keep you niggas understanding that we are watching you that's being policed should have fucking helicopter circling over just just on gp <laughs> niggas don't think it's like niggas don't think of opd regularly doing their little fucking route as surveillance niggas wouldn't niggas wouldn't combat that surveillance or compare that surveillance to the same kind of surveillance that we talk about when we talk about going to a pro it's like that right there is showing this shit ain't went nowhere no the the I mean, the way it's, it's so I feel like people just put it in these boxes like, oh, surveillance is this one thing you have a phone tapped, your phone, phone is tapped. tapped and that's <laughs> that's, you know, and someone's following you or someone's on their payroll. You know what I mean? But they don't realize how big that shit is, how big that network. Well, is. And those are the ways in which we have been taught through Hollywood to see. Federal surveillance, like we've been trained to see it like, man, let me tap my shit is underneath my fucking lampshade or they I can hear it on my phone and you can because they doing that shit yeah but at the same time there's a lot fucking more there's a lot (laughs) more like that teacher that may have helped um when Camilla was doing the truancy shit like that teacher is a fucking surveillancer that's like yo this person here that kid ain't kidding and all of a sudden next thing you know the mama in jail because of some truancy shit that she had no control over. And the system is actually doing the work to break up that black family, even if it's momentary. It's still like even the situation with the brother last night who got shot seven times. And people now, I see it, it was like, oh, I'm glad he ain't dead. Well, okay, I am too. With that being said, his children watched it. He, he survived something. This situation ain't over. Philando Castile's stepdaughter watched him die. This shit ain't over. Like people watching people go through police terrorism, it doesn't stop just because the moment is out of the news cycle or it's quote unquote over because you killed the person or because they survived. And it's like, whoo, thank God they survived it. Okay, but they survived something they have to live with forever. They got to live with that shit forever. And I feel for those kids. Because they watched their daddy get shot. And now from this point on for the rest of their life, like it's not just that he got shot. He got shot on one of them birthday. One of the kids' birthday, from what I understand. But it's how you gonna drive in that car? Like, I couldn't drive in a car I got shot up in. But if you poor, you might have to drive in that car with them bullet with the holes in the door. Yeah. And your kids got to get in and out of that to go to school every fucking day or just to go to the grocery store. And you, so you can. And that's terrorism right there. That's, dude, that's, a, that, that, that's a mark that 
your poverty won't let you get out of. And you might not even be able to sell the car. He's like, nigga, it's bullet holes all in this motherfucker. So you stuck in a position like if somebody gets shot, like the brother in Sacramento gets shot in his granny backyard, they ain't got the money to just move. You got to still have that cookout in the backyard where your loved one got murdered. Like those kind of things are very real. Oh, sound like a phone. I don't even know why my ringers on. I didn't turn yeah. that motherfucker on. <laughs> Talk about calling to pro. Ringers turn my phone on. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying. So I think that one of the things we really have to do, and as I'm looking at your shirt, it says "In Police Terrorism." Like one of the things we have to do as Black people, and I'm not even talking about th- this. Could be seen as radical, or it can be seen as whatever. Like you know what I'm saying. Like. But we have to start defining what happens to us in our, from our vantage point and from our experiences. We can't keep allowing the oppressor to give us the language to just describe and articulate our oppression. And the, the sooner we do that, the more actual control we have of the narrative. Because if we keep speaking in their circles and their jargon and their language, then we are Damn near erase hella shit. We erase hella shit, but we also hold them to a standard that they set. Like if the police say, if we keep saying it's police brutality, it's police brutality, it's police brutality. They have an answer for that. Stop like, beating niggas. Just stop beating niggas. They got to be able to recognize. There's a language they have yeah. in place to deal with police brutality, and yep. there's a certain kind of okay. Well, if that's this, then this is the kind of sentence we get for this. Now we need to this. reduce our use use of force, and right, they got that. They got that. <laughs> now we'll we use can, tasers. We and, can um, reform that. But when I say this is anti-black police terrorism, the only answer that America has designed for terrorism is to extinguish and abolish it. Mm-hmm. So if we define this as terrorism, then your response to other forms of terrorism has been to extinguish it, abolish it and get it the fuck up out of here. Then why can we not do that for this? Right. Because this, too, is a form of terror, terrorism. It is terroristic the way you patrol, kill, hunt down, fucking tase to death, choke to death, shoot to death, whatever to death. Like we are seen as killable beings we are seeing like that even though the brother last night who got shot seven times didn't die like we were talking about earlier that wasn't his intention that police officer's intention was to kill him that was his intention anybody you trying to kill him you shoot anybody seven times you trying to kill him (laughs) and so we not on so we end up looking at the end result, which is who he didn't die, but the intention of the officer was to kill him. And even then, in itself, right? You talking about like defining things and learning how to recognize police terror, terrorism outside of he got shot and, he, and they or they got shot and they died. Right. It's no the fact that they even had the gun the gun drawn on them. Right, that his kids was in the car. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's that other people was watching. Right, right. that ain't, and then now it's like spread on the internet too. Right, which is terrorizing more people mentally. It's not just life or death. Mm-hmm. Terror is not just fatal. It's it's all encompassing. It's psychological. It's it's like so the pieces like when I was talking to Blake earlier, 
I wrote a piece on anti-black police terrorism. Then I followed up with a piece on Breonna Taylor and how the police called her a soft target. Soft target is a term, is a militaristic term, but it's oftentimes is a term that's used by quote-unquote terrorists to attack unprotected spaces or people. That's what the language they use. And you called that black woman in her household a soft target, which leads me to say, well, then you were committing an act of terroristic intention because you're using the language that you said we saw her as a soft target. But yet governmentally, you say the language of those who do soft target targeting is that of terrorist. The motherfucker, you a terrorist. So the next piece that I'm working on is looking at and I've been talking about it for a while, but I'm just going, you know, like expand it out. But is reframing PTSD as police terrorism stress disorder and the P being interchangeable with um, perpetual because we're not post anything. Right. We're never post the police fucking with us. It's perpetual. It's why we I have to tell my my, my four year old walks around my four year old. It's funny shit. We got a white neighbor. They outside playing. The white kid likes the police. Like he's just like officers. You know what I'm saying? Like, like children are programmed. That's to how do. you socialize. As you a, socialize as a, as a kid. kid. I don't even blame the kid. He socializes. See, like Chase is on the case and rah 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 and all this shit. He socializes. See, the police is heroes. My four year old said, "My dad doesn't like Chase. He's a police. Do- My dad doesn't like the police. He hates the police." That was my four year old. So <laughs> they outside playing. My oldest son kicks the ball and it hits the fence of the swimming pool and he's like the little four-year-old the other little boy said he i'm the police is gonna come he's gonna go to jail my four-year-old went at that other kid's head like my brother ain't going to jail and matter of fact we don't like the police now i thought it was cute Right, <laughs> but I had to break it up because the little boy was getting sad because my four year old was that serious. checking that nigga. <laughs> he was checking him, yeah. right? But I have to teach him now. I had to teach my seventeen year old. I was taught this. My my father was taught by his father. Like, we, there hasn't been a generation of of black folk who hasn't had to pass down a special kind of knowledge to avoid policing. And it may not be, or we can just call it law enforcement because they were enforcing law. Slave patrollers were enforcing laws, right? So these are enforcers of law. And we've all had to be like, man, if you're going to go through that river, make sure you do this. These are all passed down knowledge, man. Don't drive through El Cerrito at night during this time. Like, like we all know where to not go. Like, we don't need a green book to know, like, nah, nigga, don't drive through Piedmont. Like, we know where not to go at certain points of time unless you are willing to deal with the possibility of being accosted by the police, which will lead to whether they do it intentionally or not, they're going to terrorize you because they are, like, I always see triggered, like, trigger warning, trigger. Every time I see the police, I'm triggered. And I ain't got no motherfucking warning. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. When I see them, when I see them pull somebody over, I'm triggered. When I see them behind me in my rear view, I'm triggered. When I, and when I see them, I'm type of motherfucker. I'll pull over and really just be like, yo, I got to watch this. I want to make sure at least if I can't do nothing, I'm going to make sure this brother get, or this sister gets in that car unharmed. I can't do nothing about what happens after, but I at least feel an obligation to at least watch them into the car. I videotape it. I watch them into the car. And like one of the last times I was in Berkeley, you might know the, um, 
house this dude named Omar, and he go, hey, uh, his voice is hella growly. Older black dude. Older black dude. Yeah. Man, I've been knowing this dude since I was an undergrad. Bro, yeah, I was all about to you say. I've mean? been I've seen him for ten years. Ago. Yeah. If I, you've seen him for that long, I mean, dude, I've been knowing him for that long, and I didn't. I've been able to intervene and make sure the police don't come against him when others want to call the police. I'm like Omar, yo, check this out. Man, just go on and get up out of here, man. You, 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 you causing a problem. Just go on and get out. They don't want you here. Okay, I'm going to listen to you, but I can go. So that is my own form of quote unquote community police. Like I, I ended that situation. They was about to call the police police. De-escalation. Yeah, I de-escalated the situation and he went away. So I see him the other day. I'm driving up the street. I pull over right over there on, on university and I see him and I'm just like... Nigga, I'm not going nowhere until I see that he's okay. That he's, you know what I'm saying? And even in his okayness, they still had his pants down. They took his belt off, so his pants is by his ankles. He's trying to hold his pants. Like, he's still being dehumanized. And I'm still just trying to make sure he's alive. And dehumanization is a form of terror as well. Like we have to expand our definition of what the fuck they doing to us. And it can't be so it's gonna be infinite. That's what's going to be wild. When you really look at it and you break it down, that shit going to be infinite. No, and because we myopically seen we've, <laughs> you can't define it. Like you can, but you can't, we've reduced it to just being <laughs> it. There we go. cases of death. Yeah. Or like extreme physical violence. Yeah. Not the shit of you having your pants down the, on one of the, the busiest the streets in Berkeley. Yeah. Not the, the day to day violence, the day to day terrorism that it. And what comes right, so in the language of macro and micro, it's like micro terrorisms, like these things, like that you got to sit with. But they have. Is it really micro when they got these? I guess it's micro in action, language. but in impact That's though, like, you. but that shit changes you, my nigga. Oh, it changes you. you talk about it right now. All the, the micro PTSD, shit that shit could change your whole life. Right, do niggas <laughs> know what it's like? No, niggas don't know. I mean, we know what it's like, but literally, you talk about just when you see a cop car to go into instant fight or flight. You feel that shit in your body, bro. Yeah. Like, no, my whole you feel that shit changed. in your body, bro. You, your skin start, your hair start raising on your yeah. arms and shit. Like, we talk about anxiety and centering mental health and all that shit, but niggas don't really realize the impact that this having that this has on on black folks, bro. This shit is, and and, and we're not allowed to, and that's a part of the reason. I think it's important to have conversation in a language that we decide because then we're not the ones playing catch up. We're not being defensive. We're not being reactive. We are being proactive in describing what is being done to us. And if we are proactive in having that conversation, then we also decide, well, this is the ways in which it should be treated. And if we really see this based on definitions by your own government as acts of terror, like it's no different than if one of the qualifications of being a terrorist or a terrorist act is kidnapping and shit like that. Well, if I did nothing wrong and you come over there and you handcuff me and you put me in a car and you drive me to a place and I don't know, my family doesn't know where I am and they you hold lock you me in a fucking hours. cage, that's not kidnapping? That's, is, that's not, is that not a form of kidnapping by definition? Or are you saying that the police are above the laws of the way in which we describe this act? Oh, yeah. And if I get out and it's like, yeah, he didn't do nothing wrong. Well, it's like, well, I know from a youngster that I, I used to mentor, he stole somebody's cell phone. The dude hang, was hanging on to the car and they drove him about, you know, drug him about 20 feet. And they hit that motherfucker with a kidnapping because he went a certain distance without his permission. 
So you lock me up in chains, shove me in the back of a car that's designed to be uncomfortable and cut these fucking chains into my fucking wrist and, and the seats is uncomfortable. They're designed to fuck you up on the way to the place. You driving around bumping me all over the fucking place. You put me in a fucking cage with other folk and then you trying to tell me I can't qualify that as an act of kidnapping and most of the time we don't because it's like, hey nigga, at least you got out of jail. Nah, fuck that. That act happened. And it affected me. It fucked me up. It fucked me up. The most dehumanizing thing, and I've told people this several times, is when I got strip searched by the police. Man, that motherfucker, that was the most dehumanizing thing I've ever experienced in my life is to have somebody tell me to get naked, cavity search me, and hand me some motherfucking drawers that wasn't in a package that I knew some other motherfucker was wearing. And I had to put them on or just be there naked and ashamed. That was my options. And fuck that shit. That's terror. That shit's because it still affects me now. I didn't have no goddamn PhD then. I was just a nigga from Richmond. I got a PhD and I'm at Stanford and all that other boobly booby shit. I'm still affected by that. That shit don't change nothing. So all you highfalutin ass niggas that think you escaping it, you not, nigga. You a part of this shit too. Like none of these accolades and shit that I have is going to dislodge me from my experience of being a terrorized, oppressed black man in this country and emphasizing particularly a nigga from Richmond in this country. Because what happens to niggas usually gets discounted because niggas don't have a voice. Niggas has already been categorized as something demonizable, as something inarticulate, as something who has no experience to actually speak on behalf of. And they're usually not given any platform to speak they shit. But I say, even when niggas are, even when niggas are viewed as human, you got somebody speaking over them. Let them, let them or niggas someone talk. trying to make money off them. Like, let Their them story. niggas talk. Let them talk. But won't hand them a mic. <laughs> or they're trying to translate for them. Like, if a nigga come out and say, you know what I'm saying? Fuck these motherfucking police, man. These motherfuckers came and whoa, whoa, whoa. And then somebody else gets on TV. What he really means is, he said what the fuck he meant. You translated to make it palatable for liberal white folk. He said what the fuck he said. Like, there's a reason that when somebody hits you with, nigga, I said what I said. That means I don't need you to translate. I don't need you to decode. I don't need you to shift it. I don't need you to, I, I said what the fuck I said. And we tend to not listen what they say. And the idea of niggas become, like, nigga is almost a degendered de or a gender neutral qualification, classification anyway, in some ways. Like, because at the end of the day, what happens in Breonna Taylor being seen as a tart, soft target because she was in a nigga space, nigga neighborhood, and it was niggas in that house. Oh, we didn't expect that one nigga to be there, so that's why we thought she was a soft target. It was a nigga there with a gun. The other nigga we thought was the danger, the hard target, we had already arrested him. We just thought it was that black woman nigga in the house. Like, they seeing everything, niggas are attackable. Niggas are don't, aren't supposed to have a defense, and when they do defend themselves, them niggas are seen as criminals. So, you know, like, we have to start redefining the things that we, the ways in which we deal with shit in order to fully, you know what I'm saying, like, communicate our experiences. Yeah, because when we think about surveillance, that shit isn't just COINTELPRO limited to that. It's limited to, that's terrorism right. that we is experiencing, and I feel like terrorism is the best way to describe it. You know, because it happens in so many different fucking ways. Yeah. Yeah, so we've been, we've been bouncing around, like, sprinkling it in there. But I really look, really would like for us to, like, dive into, um, dive more into the history of this country 
making it a priority of theirs to suppress and eradicate, you destroy know, <laughs> uh, black radical movements and spaces. You know, we talked about what my auntie Judy the other day, who used to be the editor of the the Black Panther Party newspaper, right? And she was also a, st- a student at Oakland City College, which is now married and has right. like moved or whatever, right? But she was just saying she could remember. Um, like the makeup of that campus being like so many different radical groups on there. And then now you look at Merritt College and it's just like not the same, right? So like we, it's very clear that like there's an agenda to suppress radical movements, eradicate radical movements. Uh, and I guess it's like us having a conversation around the history of that. Yeah. Because I mean, shoot, even with Jaleel <laughs> and being one of the longest held political prisoners, like people... People, I don't think people understand the weight of surveillance or the weight of COINTELPRO and how it has a generational effect on people, right? So it's like, yes, Jaleel was arrested, but then what was the effect on the rest of the people involved or the family? I mean, years so of surveillance, surveillance on you, you your family, me? exactly like surveillance of my family, surveillance <laughs> your auntie of myself. doors and shit getting kicked in, phones still being tapped t- yeah. to this day, and I don't think people really understand. But when black radicalism is so cool right now people don't understand the full shit that come with it people think shit just is sweet because you know you see black lives matter on the tv <laughs> and shit is sweet now and that's what i really want people to understand like what comes with this type of work what comes with these type of stances and actions when you really doing this shit like it's not gonna be all sweet like they're making it seem on tv or like you referred to in the movies right like it's it's sweet if it's co-opted it's, it can be sweet. Yes. It, it can be sweet if it's co-opted, right? If it gives off the aesthetic and the feel of authenticity of being black and radical, it can. I saw a, a fucking T-shirt the other day and it was like Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, like Angela Davis and Camilla Harris. And I was like. Well, damn. Okay, the same way it was like Marcus Garvey, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Obama, and it's like the conflate, the, the intentional conflating of a politician into the role of a radical or an activist, right? Like these things are done intentionally, and when they're done, they have lasting effects because it alters the ways in which we see these people in these spaces so much so that. We think the mayor giving you permission to paint Black Lives Matter on the street is a form of radical resistance. It's a win. It's a it's a win. And it's and it's and in some ways for me, as somebody, you know, I don't like motherfuckers stepping on my feet. I damn sure don't want them stepping on my mantra either, though. You know what I'm saying? Like there's certain things I don't think need to be trampled. And eventually paint it over like I, a, a big question of mine right now is what they gonna do with all the art somebody's gonna like somebody's about to profit on all this black brown and other creativity painting these walls all over the place and somebody's going to actually monetize that shit because they don't yeah. own the i heard in oakland would be chef is taking them all and is trying to sell them all i wouldn't be surprised yeah. Like, because the, these, like, when we think about, I, I, I know, I wish I had some um, some original Emory Douglas pieces. I wish I did. 
And everybody knows how expensive those things are, how hard it is to find original whatever from that era. And they're like, oh, I know. And I'm going to I own those things because they're, those are Oakland, Oakland's property, the city of Oakland's property. And we're in, and the cold part is I was driving down there the other day and. They got the, the wood all over the place, but the paintings ain't there no more. They just gave them new canvases. And motherfuckers going to fill them up and they're going to take them down again and they're going to put up new canvases and they're just collecting more and more of the shit. So a part of a part of de-radicalizing something that is radical is for it to be to be absorbed in mainstream culture. And to no longer actually be a jab at the state. and, And to no longer actually be it's no different than Nixonian black capitalism. Like it is them saying like the Black Panther parties and black radicals and even Malcolm X before he was uh, martyred and assassinated him being like, we need to have a black economic system. Yes. And there's a necessity for black ownership of property and businesses like this is all true. And then Nixon comes in. It's like, well, then we're going to push this black capitalism. And it feels like some of this shit y'all saying and some of those people who are on the fringe they don't really want to be radical, but they like, yo, this is the closest thing to I really want to be, you know, just a, a, a regular guy or whatever that assimilated, is. Assimilated, essentially. Right. I want to be assimilated, but I want to be successful. And they're like, well, here's black capitalism for you. And people forget that Nixon coined the term and created black capitalism yeah, he coined as an alternative term. to black power. Right. <laughs> so when when you have... We're seeing the same shit happen right now. We're seeing it happen right now with like... Fucking to get back to our other podcast we did, like Jay Z and financial freedom is his only hope and shit like that. Yeah. Or the way Pharrell situates himself as he's doing new revolutionaries or some shit with Time Magazine. And didn't Jay Z just drop a song called like Entrepreneur or some yeah, shit? Yeah, him and Pharrell. Like, well, yeah. Literally, that's the same fucking shit as Black Capitals and that was pushed by Nixon. But and now you have Jay Z pushing this. this shit. The cold part is this is if, if you're going to be a follower of Pharrell's philosophy. The whole new black. With the, <laughs> then go back and read his whole new black shit before it was in vogue to be black again. It was like, oh man, we knew black. We don't we don't blame the system. We don't blame this. We don't do this. We don't do that. We as individuals move forward and bop de blah. And there's blop. a reason why that shit is given the platform that is given. It's, it's, it's there's the reason a reason. Why. But it's also like, all right, nigga, you eating. You can make this stance. Yeah, you would. You you can do that because you're eating. You're fine. You're you're Pharrell. Like the system has ultimately worked for you as an individual. Now I'm not gonna talk about your family in Virginia. I don't know your history like that. I don't know what the fuck Pharrell went through. But I do know that right now you, you you've been living for at least the last since grinding. Well, I say twenty years, bro. For at least the last twenty, like 20 years. years. Yeah. You've been <laughs> You've been eating. Like, you ate a lot off of them, them Justin Timberlake albums you was producing while you weren't giving tracks to black folks. You ate a lot off, you know, Khalees not owning her publishing. You ate you a know? lot off Robin Thicke and stealing <laughs> Marvin Gaye music. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, you ate a lot, you off, ate a lot off of that shit. And, and, and it is what it is. But what I'm saying is it is what it is. Like, don't try to Make rebrand yourself as something that you're not. But and, that, that's part of it, though, is the co-optation, and that's part of the black capitalist of method of literally so, fucking colonizing black activism. Niggas don't see it as oppression. They don't see it as oppression. They don't see it as terrorism. Because that's we, what it is, really. But what we have to it. be able to do is honestly, as, as, as a black folk, 
we have to be able to be advanced enough in our thinking and our analysis to, to peep game. What's going on. Yeah, like <laughs> nigga, peep game when see it's happening. What's happening. See what's happening, see what's going on, and really look what's behind the terms that you're agreeing to. Like, before you sign that contract with them niggas, read the contract. It comes. It all comes back, though, to what you were saying earlier around, like, how can niggas do all that when niggas is barely getting by and when niggas is being sold this dream of, like... Because but if that's all you got, like, I, under, I have empathy... I, do, I I genuinely do. I have yeah, empathy for people. You can people. understand why. I understand why. Like yeah. I understand why. When I talk to elder black folks in their seventies and stuff, that they're willing to back Biden and Kamala. I don't agree with them, but I was listening to Angela, um, um, Maya Angelou, and she was talking. She was doing an interview about Dave Chappelle. She's like, one of the things he may not agree with all of his elders, but he respects his elders. And that's a part of the black tradition is respecting your elders. I respect my elders. That don't mean I have to agree with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I do respect them enough to not air them out like they just some, some motherfuckers on the street. And, but I do understand that my elders at one point in time was airing elders out too. Like your time comes too, where in which you have become the thing in which you once fought against. Yeah. And and if you're being honest to yourself, you will want a youngster to air you out on that shit because you because like you should want to get checked too. Getting checked in a loving way should be a, is a part of movement in itself. Part of growth. It's a part of growth and it's a part of organizing. It's a part of liberation. Like getting checked is a part of liberation. And so what we but I am. I am understanding why certain people make certain moves. I'm understanding why certain victims of certain families of police terrorism come out and say, look, man, I don't want y'all tearing shit up in my family member's name. I understand that. But I also understand it's bigger than y'all. But I also understand that that politician that jumped on that and pulled you into their fucking platform, they don't love you. They love to use you. And I hope you fucking see it. Because they're using you to seem like, look, this is my vouch. They're using you to suppress. As a pawn. They're using you as a pawn. And you, again, that's like I'm saying. Like, you don't even know when you're being a a fed. Because you you may be a victim that they, and they're giving you what looks like a platform. They're giving you what looks like love. They're giving you what Derek Bell calls a, a convergence of interest or interest convergence. Like their interests converge. Like you want people to know that your family member got killed by the police. I need to get you niggas to vote for me. In order for me to do that, maybe I'll let you speak for 30 seconds to help me get four years of power. Is that an even trade-off? Well, you know, I just want people to know. I want to make sure their name is being said. The people in the streets is keeping these names alive. It ain't these goddamn politicians. These politicians jump on when it's convenient and they say it for show because their politic does not match that in which is what is being displayed. Like if you really, 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 really fucking cared about George Floyd's family, you don't go to his funeral, hug everybody and take pictures. And then maybe a week or two later, it's like, oh, no, I need to get more money to the police. And then use that as a part of your campaign to say, you think this person 
don't he he's talking about taking some some funding out of the police. I'm talking about putting more into it. That's how much I love it. And at the same time, have somebody from that family vouch for you. You got to know when you're getting played. You you have to, and I hope. People and ask. we got to, but we still got to look like the, it's the fucked up thing. Like you got played, and I love you because of what you went through. It's and both. at the same time, I got to kind of, I got to drag you. It's both. It's both. Yeah. And that's why this shit is always really complicated because we're yeah. dealing with people's feelings too. Yeah. There's like a lot of levels to this op shit. <laughs> you, you just said you, you just use it as don't a love pawn. It fed. You feel me? It's like, yeah. but the thing is, is, like you did fed work, my nigga. So by definition, you wow. did op work. You might not be on the fucking you Your know intention payroll. Might not have been oppie. Right. Payroll of the FBI, but you like as used. we was talking about earlier in the beginning of the episode, it's like niggas was volunteering to be a spies in Mississippi. You might be. You might inadvertently <laughs> volunteering to do the work. Of the op. And I think that's It's important like you name for, for people to know this it's, And like being able to Recognize this shit And name it for what it is As You know We head into election As We look at What's happening Post the uprisings Right Where you're gonna see These as nonprofits or, yeah. These nonprofits Are gonna start emerging Co-opting your messaging These fucking politicians Are gonna be using What's going on To, to, to get your vote And it's like be very clear what's happening. So, nigga, a year from now, it won't even take a year. Once, yeah, I mean, it's already office, happening right it's now. It's going to happen, right? To where you can just see, like, <laughs> these niggas. Never, you said the politics is going to show you the way they're living is not going to match what they've been talking in no facet. You know, I was listening to a comedian, and he said, he said something to the effect of, you know that job you applied for where you said you know Excel and Windows and all this shit? Nigga, you was lying. You was trying to get a job. And once you get the job, then they find out, oh, man, this nigga don't know none of this stuff. He's like, that's how politicians are when they're trying to be president. They tell you what they need to tell you to get the job, to get the support publicly. But once they get in the positions of power, the politic is completely different that that in which they proclaim to be in order to get your vote. Like, let's say we are are taking... Camilla, for instance, she spent a long time convincing people that Joe Biden was a racist and a segregationist and this and that. And then it's like, that's your partner. And he's the best person for the job and the best people for all Mm -hmm. of us. And so which one do I believe? Right. I think that shit was purposeful. She was doing that shit on purpose. Just so like now she's a part of the campaign. Oh, me and Joe, we sat down and we had a long discussion. And now I'm the more progressive person and we're going to push Joe to be more progressive. And now it's it's co-opting this, you know, progressive front that she was trying to do. I mean, I think that I think that with regard to that, and I understand when people say, you know, I get a lot of people that I I deal with, you know what I'm saying? Like we all deal with a lot of people. And when I start saying shit against that group of people based on their politics, I never get into their personal life. I don't care about Camilla's husband. I don't care about this. I don't care. I don't care about that. That's not what I'm into. I'm not Joe Biden either. Whatever. It's I'm just looking at your politics. And I think that the part of their fear is like, well, what's is Trump a better alternative? No, but Trump ain't, I I don't have to convince people to see the evils of evils of Trump. That's his brand. These people are trying to fool you into believing that they love you. They ain't a boogeyman too. Right. (laughs) And I need you to be consciously aware of how in which you place your vote. 
If you choose to participate in electoral politics, that's your business. At least be informed and don't get mad when people have done the knowledge on them and are informing others of them before they get in there. You have to be informed before you walk in there. But most people have decided that, no, we just got to get Trump out. Okay. I mean, the Democrats set this shit up as soon as Trump got elected. It's like anybody but Trump. You feel me? That's what everybody has been saying. Well, That's what a lot of liberals. Oh, just get a get a functioning adult in there. And like, see, <laughs> but they get mad when somebody say anything but oppression. So, if you're going to step in and do the job, you might, you know, you might do it in a aesthetically or seemingly nicer way, or at least that's the goal, right? To look in such a way, you know. Obama shooting hoops, right? Shooting hoops, wearing J's, toe to toe with Jay Z and shit. But he deported more people than Donald Trump. Dropped more bombs. <laughs> I mean, we have to look. I think but at hey. some point, as 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 politically educated people, we should start looking at politics instead of performances. Like, just start looking at people's niggas' actions, bro. Right? Look at their actions. What do they do? And what was able to transpire? And and if if that's what if you're really trying to make an an honest vote. You honestly have to do the research. And if you are going to try to make an honest vote that really matters and you don't understand your local politics that's going on, you're doing yourself a disservice because that's what's impacting your immediate community. So if you really about to be a party's electoral politics or if you choose to not be a part of them, I'm, that's that's your personal right to be in or to be out. But if you choose to be in at least be honest enough to do the fucking homework on the people that you're fucking with, that you're signing up for so that you don't make statements that you end up wanting to retract or delete from your fucking timeline. Once they start acting like they've always been like, don't start acting surprised when a motherfucker, like if, if, if a motherfucker is like, yo, I've been watching videos of, of you kick people in their ass for for five years, you be kicking people in the ass. And obviously, like, no, nah, I don't kick people in the ass. I don't do that no more. I'm past that. I don't do that no more. And then they come kick you in your ass. I, you, I don't blame that person for kicking you in your ass. I blame you for thinking, believing that motherfucker that's been kicking people in the ass. That wasn't going to do it. <laughs> right, wasn't going to do it. At some point, we have to be more sophisticated in the ways in which we evaluate folk as politician and as fucking um organizers like you got to evaluate people's past presence and potential futures based on what they've done what are your what is your track record who do you fuck with where you from where you from where you been where you going next why are you not able to be where you were before what the fuck happened and why is this pattern following you around so wherever you go, whether it's, oh, I was in this local government and I was doing this work and then I got this state job and I did this work and I got this national po- political position and I did the same work. Well, it might be the same with somebody on a local level. But what has to be understood is that you clearly have a pattern and to to disregard that pattern is not being honest to the information. And if you're being honest to the information then you'll want that motherfucker out of that position and stop giving them credit for shit that they say as opposed to what they do. So, you know, we just have to be more sophisticated in our analysis of people who claim to represent us and want to usurp our votes and our 
public support and our pom poms and our cheerleading in order to advance their agenda that may actually be an agenda of anti-blackness. History shows us <laughs> usually it is an agenda of anti-blackness. How can you be a president or how can you be a vice president of a fucking nation or of a fucking imperial nation that is colonizing and killing people everywhere they can? How are you supposed to push a black agenda when the position by nature is anti-black as fuck? Once we come to grips with that, I think we'll, we can make some real progress. I remember, what, this was like maybe what, five years ago I took your class? You said presidents do president shit, or you was yeah. TA and I think it was what, Dr. Was Dr. J? Oh, am I might, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like presidents gonna do president shit. Vice presidents gonna do vice president shit. Police gonna do police, police gonna shit. do police shit. Senators <laughs> gonna do senator shit. Feds gonna do feds. Feds gonna do feds shit. Niggas will go co-op gonna do co-op type shit. Like that's that's what it is. That's and there's a history is. of it. It is what the fuck it is. It is what it is. Niggas just gotta name it for what it is. And not be like, oh, this is progress. Oh, because how many more is on my fucking back? I actually care about black people. Like I got education reform, but shit, what have I actually done? Arrest Breonna <laughs> Taylor's kill- killers and motherfuckers don't have getting shot up. In their car with their kids. So, and I think that's a, just thinking about organizing too. Because a lot of people come into organizing spaces and they don't have the intentions of actually organizing. Right. They have other ulterior intentions. Well, and they'll I, use organizing to boost their career up. Like, oh, Obama. He was a community organizer in Chicago. Nigga, what? I know a few Obamas out here. I, I remember <laughs> when Blake was an undergrad and they was doing some shit on campus. And it was like, it was hella black orgs, right? Just I'm like, it ain't even that many of you niggas on campus. How many people's in these orgs? At what point do y'all consolidate your agenda for black folk instead of be, being able to say, I was the president of this, da, 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 I was the president, looks good president your, of this organization with two people. Right, and it, because it looks good on your CV or your next step, right? If you're truly going to organize for black folks, do that shit. Don't use it as a stepping stone to getting out of black positions of, of like proximity mm-hmm. to build your career, to build your career, whether it's politics or not. No, whether it's because some of them don't want to be politicians. They want to be personalities. They, 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 they want podcasts that really pop off. They want book deals. They want proximity to power. They, they, they want they want something, but they want something. They want to exploit the hood. That's what they want to do. And at some point, we we have to, regardless of what group they're affiliated with, they got to be called out because ultimately, even within your marginalization, you are a problem to the liberation of overall black folks. And if you are a problem to the overall liberation of black folks, you have to be removed from agendas at seeking liberation for black people. And that's tough work because we get into a certain kind of politics that don't, it's not necessarily about calling people out, but calling shit what it is. And at some point, your work should speak for you and not your words. You should have tangibles that you could point to. You should have tangibles you can point to. You call yourself to. an organizer, but for eight years, you don't have anything tangible you can fucking point to? You call yourself an activist and you can't point to anything you fucking done? If you are a person who is helping people, people should be able to stand up and say you help them. It's basic shit. I'm not talking about what you published. 
I'm not talking about what you choose to propagate publicly. I'm talking about some regular motherfuckers should be able to say, man, they came to me and helped me in a time of need. Whether it's through food, kind words, um, tents, fucking resource programs, education, some because in order to say that you're doing that kind of work, you have to, as an organizer, I need to see what you organized. That's what you got to be able to say. And if you're going to say, I am a politician working on behalf of the black community, then I need to see what of your politics mm-hmm. helped the black people in black communities. And it's just simple. It's just a simple connected dots. And if those dots don't line up, then stop saying that you are that. Just call shit what it is, like you said. Call that shit what it is. Like, if if you're saying, look, I'm trying to get my career going, and at the same time, I do want to help some folks within the black community. I would rather hear you say that. Because at least I know. Okay, so what? then I, my follow-up question might be, well, what group of the groups in the black community are you fucking with? Oh, well, I'm fucking with the baseball player group or whatever the fuck your thing is. Okay, cool. So I know that if I need some help with that group, you'll be able to come down. Yeah, I'm willing to come out for that. But them niggas that play basketball, I don't fuck with them niggas. Okay, cool. And I'm just using sports because people, you know, it's it's safe, right? But I would like to know who you are as a politician or organizer or just as a human being. Like, let me know who you are so that I can know what I'm dealing with and I can know what I'm getting in bed with as I'm dealing with whatever I'm dealing with. I can make a, a I can make an informed decision based on facts and truths. Based on facts and truths and historical evidence. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, especially so, like in organizing spaces, you have to understand who who you're working with. Right. You know who you're dealing with, who's around. You know cuz I mean even the shit we did at Cal. Like we was dealing with surveillance. Right. <laughs> we was real life dealing with surveillance like we was just you know fine for a resource center and we had feds on us right so it's like how do we even deal with surveillance these days now as organizers well or how do we deal with the fact that we willingly participate in surveillance apps we do that niggas got on Apple watches and shit right now Twitter <laughs> like Instagram iPhone yeah. IG I mean and and and, you know, there, there are things we should, you know, we, we just have to grapple with. But at the end of the day, I guess this is the last thing I'll say about this in, in regard, particularly about entrusting people with your vouch. Make them show their paperwork. Like, I need to see what you did, what you do and who you did it with. And if I can see that and it matches what you profess to be, then I can rock with you. But if it don't, you got to answer to that. And you should have to answer for what you did. And if you can't answer for what you did, then I know that you're untruthful. And if you're untruthful and I rock with you, I shouldn't be fucking mad when you lie to me. Like if you show me you untruthful, I can't be mad when you lie to me because you lied to me to get me to believe you wasn't untruthful. But I knew you was a liar in the first motherfucking place. So we just got to be more strategic and thorough in the ways in which we evaluate folk that try to enter our spaces, whether it's through grassroots or fucking um, 
academia or through politics or through nonprofit or just through just walking through my space. I need to be a little more strategic in how I look at you because you may be to my detriment as a movement and as just as a person walking this earth. And I don't need that shit. I got too much other shit to do. Then to be worried about some tangential motherfucker over here. Like, I got too much shit to do than to be worrying about somebody I had faith in being faithless to what I'm what I profess to care about. I just got to do the preliminary work. And if it come out the way it come out, I need to move on that. And so if your goal is to say, look, with regard even with this Trump shit, look, I want Trump out of there because he's a neo-fascist and whoop, whoop, whoop and all this shit. And this is likening to Nazism and all this type of shit. And then somebody says, well, you do realize that Hitler got a lot of his ideas of, of, of Nazism from Jim Crow America. Right. Just a reminder, the shit that you think you kicking out doesn't replace the thing that which is systemically created the opportunity for that thing to, thir- to thoroughly flourish. Getting rid of Trump doesn't get rid of racism. It doesn't get rid of anti-blackness, Islamophobia, capitalism. It doesn't get rid of um, houselessness. It doesn't get rid of these things. And if there hasn't been someone who thoroughly addressed those things in the past, please don't be stupid enough to think that they're about to do it now. Now, take it what it is. You, you just you want him out. But don't think that niggas ain't about to get killed by the police because he out. Don't think that black folks ain't going to be poor because he out. Don't think that um, indigenous folks will be treated the same way they are being treated because he's out. Don't think that ICE ain't going to keep doing what they do because he's out. Don't think that racist ain't going to keep trying to fucking arm themselves with military grade weapons because he's out. Don't think that any of the things that have already existed in America are gone because he's gone. Because he's nothing but a symbol, a replaceable thing, a symbol of something that has always existed in this country, which is the ideas and notions of white people being superior to others. I haven't seen like Thomas Jefferson said it. Abraham Lincoln said it. Like we can go through with the presidents and see that or and if they haven't explicitly said it, which those two explicitly said. Every president including Obama has upheld the institutions that secured that standpoint. So at some point you have to be above just the politics of the person and look at the systems, the systems that can, that keep these things going so that presidents can do president shit so that these institutions can do the institutional work that they were designed to do until we are willing to do that. We will continue to be disappointed. We will continue those who buy into it. And then there'll be motherfuckers like myself or y'all that's like, I tried to tell y'all. And then they'll say, well, what is your solution? I may not have the solution right now, but at least I know the fucking problem. And you can't get to any solution if you don't decide there's a problem. If you keep thinking, oh, well, this thing will fix it. This thing will fix it. And it's like this thing is the thing that they offered you as an option to, to do. They're not going to give you the gun to shoot them in the head. They're not going to do that. They're not going to give you the tools to dismantle the thing that they've been upholding and building for so many years. Hundreds of fucking years. They're not going to do that. So 
if you think you're going to get that through that, you're wrong. And that's okay. But you're wrong. So at some point, we just got to be a little more um, fucking game tight shit. 